Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, the only podcast dedicated to diving into any piece of media tainted by the vile touch of Kevin Smith. I'm Ted. I'm Trevor. And special guest today, uh, we have Abdul Malik of many podcasts, but most recently (laughs) Off Court Pod. Hello, hello. Happy to be back on this show. Happy to be a resident, you know, Canada scholar. That's Mm -hmm. right. And speaking of, of course, Canada, the reason we had to have such a prestigious Canadian on is to talk about um, (laughs) the man himself, Mr. Kevin Smith's guest starring appearances on Degrassi, the next generation. Is is De- is Degrassi the proper way to say it? Yes, Degrassi is the best way to say it. I didn't realize, because before we were recording, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to quickly run, use the washroom. Do you not? Is it, uh, it's bathroom in the Do US, We typically say yes. bathroom, yeah. Neither name yes. makes okay. much sense, because, I mean, really, it should be called the piss and shit room. We both imply that it's mainly for cleaning our bodies, which isn't really the primary purpose. I should have said I was going to um to utiliser le salle de bain, you oh, know, to wow. give it that real Canadian. You should not have said that. Uh, now you're getting real Canadian on our asses. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, for, I've always been inclined to say Degrassi, but I guess Degrassi is the authentic uh, Canadian pronunciation. Yes, the British. I think the British remake called it Degrassi, but there was no British remake. People. Yeah, uh, horrible. <laughs> The British remake was called Skins. They took it in a slightly different direction. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then their, the American remake was called Euphoria. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> nice. That's well, the grassy cool. American style. Which is produced by Drake, actually. So, I mean, there is it a is. connection yeah, there. Yeah, it all connects. Yeah, there's there a, a lineage. Uh, so, if anybody is still unaware, there's a young Aubrey Graham uh you know, usually known as Drake. Now he pl- he's in the show, but in the episodes that we watch, at least the ones that I watched, he was not. He was barely in it. He was had like one or two scenes. Doesn't figure prominently into the Kevin Smith arc. No, the character whose uh, emotional troubles we follow the most is Kevin Smith, and then there's yeah. also a kid with uh, bipolar disorder. Those are like the two threads. There's all these other characters. But they all revolve around Kevin Smith or the uh, bipolar guys. Issues. There's a there's a common thing that people do online, which is uh, under the ESPN reporter Adrian Wojnarowski's tweets. Whenever he tweets something, people just reply, "You're going to jail," um, like on mass for no reason. And I feel like after watching these two episodes, I want to do that to everything Kevin Smith posts. Because he should really not be allowed within 300 feet of a school full of children. So weird. The whole concept of it is so weird. And it's like, and so I I read, (laughs) and I read like a little article uh, that he, uh, that he was interviewed for where he talks about the experience. uh, And he originally wanted to like write and direct a Degrassi episode, Degrassi episode, but they only use Canadian directors. So I said, oh, how about you, um you uh, guest star on the show and then he came on to kind of like under the table assist with the writing like in an uncredited way which you can tell from the way he talks on the show because it's exactly like kevin like his normal uh, way of speaking but also i can't believe he circumvented the fucking union jesus christ but also (laughs) since kevin is such a fan of the original degrassi and uh all of the the kids from the original degrassi are all on degrassi the next generation it's like the adult characters right and one, yeah, one it's of them, it's like they Cobra Kai'd oh, it. 
yeah, and one okay. and one of them is that reporter lady who Kevin Smith has a romance with. So what's basically happening here is Kevin is writing himself into the Canadian teen show that he loved as a youth and writing a romance plot between him <laughs> and the the girl from the show. And he breaks up her her stable relationship with another one of the original Degrassi characters. <laughs> can, can somebody, one of you who's familiar with this, explain to me who she is? Because the first time we see her, at least in the three episodes that I watched, the first time we see her, she's like joking with uh, the kid, at, like watching porn on the school computer, I think. Um and I was mm. like, okay, who is she? Like, what relationship does he have with this kid? Why is she at the school? Like, I, we've seen her interviewing Kevin. And then later it's like, oh, she's his mom? But I don't think she she's is. She's like a mom or mom? like a stepmom. Or, or like a guardian her, type her. character. Yeah. But she's involved with his dad, who might not be his dad. I was extremely confused by all yeah, this. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they, uh, yeah, I don't think that's his dad either, is it? No, I. This is the thing. Like, I'm trying to dig back into the you're fucking the, memory you're the, hole. You're of Degrassi. the expert here. Yeah. <laughs> so to give you to give you everyone some context, I grew up. It like, do you guys are you guys familiar with like the Degrassi phenomenon? No, kind of. I mean, okay, I so know that it's like a long running TV franchise that's popular. There was a children's TV series called Kids of Degrassi, right? Which right. was literally for children. Like it was for like babies um but like <laughs> that, as those that was kids all the way back in like the early 80s right yeah that was like yeah early 80s because that's when my family grew up with it um and then that turned into degrassi junior high which then turned into degrassi high which so people actually got to like harry potter these characters and grow up with them right mm -hmm. um and it was like actually like a huge phenomenon in Canada. I don't know how far across Canada, but like in Ontario where I grew up, like it definitely was. And like I have three siblings, all of them a decade or more older than me who were obsessed with Degrassi growing up, right? Like they watched every episode. They loved it. It was uh -huh. a lot like the Canadian Wonder Years in a lot of ways. Right. Um, well, it, it made it at least as far as New Jersey because exactly Kevin, as a young man uh, was part of the Degrassi <laughs> fandom. It was syndicated on PBS. This might be, you know, a little bit. This is a lot of speculation, but I feel like because it was like made in Canada and it's about Canada, the people in Canada who are probably mostly exposed to American TV were like, no, 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 no. This is ours. We're going to like this no matter what. Well, there, there are so I, I, I've heard from Canadians that there are so, there's so few, there's so little original Canadian TV that's like any good, and that there are just like a few, uh, really popular Canadian shows that get latched onto. Yeah, there's like we have a more these days, like Shit's Creek yeah, yeah. and like Anne with an E or whatever. Letter Kenny now. <laughs> yeah, and Trailer Park Boys, which is oh, actually course, good classic Boys. show. Um, but yeah, like, like Degrassi was syndicated on PBS for some reason, because it was like the reason it was appealing to people was because it dealt with a lot of like adult themes that kids mm -hmm. or Social like, you issues. know, teen TV. Yeah, exactly. A lot of very special episodes that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, weren't addressing topics like in other programming of the era. Right. Like it definitely went like at least across like you know northeast usa and canada like it was a it was a huge phenomenon so when they rebooted it into degrassi the next generation everyone started watching that too and it lasted 
for fucking ever. I think it ended in like 2012. <laughs> well, um, there's also there's an even newer show called like Degrassi Next Class or something that I watch. I because I know because it was on Netflix and I watched a few seasons of it, and it's more of. I don't think it keeps the link with old characters returning as adults, but it's like basically more of the same thing. It's students at Degrassi High and they deal with uh, uh, eating disorders and racism and stuff like that. I, I, you know what? I love that because it's like, you know how difficult it is to get like a television series made in Canada? And the reason is, is because... They're just making a new spin-off of Degrassi every like three years. I I completely <laughs> forgot Next Class existed. I fucking hate this. Well um, you got what about yeah. uh what about uh Corner Gas? Is that is that any good? <laughs> I actually like Corner Gas. I know okay. I know it's sort of a joke to hate on it, but it is it can be quite funny. It's like if you like, you know, that Seinfeld humor about nothing thing. Uh, Corner Gas uh, can be very entertaining. Uh, they also the creators of Corner Gas also made a show called Little Mosque on the Prairie, um, <laughs> oh, which uh, which mm. is its uh. own like special trip. Yeah, Canadian culture is a uh, dead end. That's that's um, Brent. That's Brent Butt, right? That's the creator's yes. name. Yeah, <laughs> that's Brent Ted, Butt. Did, Ted, did you hear, Ted? Did you hear me? Brent His Butt. I'm Brent I'm gonna be Butt. thinking about that one for a while. Uh, yeah, I'll get back to as in that. buttocks, as in tushy. Yeah, yeah spelled oh. with two T's and everything. Brent, yeah, ass. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brent so, ass. So the the reporter character who comes on the scene to interview Kevin. Oh yeah, so it's so bizarre because he's in he's in Canada. He's at Degrassi High to film a movie called Jay and Silent Bob, Canadian style or some shit. And apparently the plot of the movie involves Jay and Silent Bob going to a high school for some reason. They're like in a high school in Canada. So Kevin casts all these actual students from the school to play high school students in the movie. And Jay is constantly hitting on the high school girls, both in and out of the <laughs> fictional movie. Like That's incredibly filming, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> when they're filming scenes for the movie, he's like hitting on all the girls. And also in real life, when they're not filming, he's still hitting on the girls. And Kevin is like, hey, cut that out. Again, a lot. Uh, all this material, I'm sure, was suggested by Kevin. He wanted to make Jay look pathetic and, and shitty <laughs> so kind of he, while he gets to be like the cool one. You know the character of Caitlin and Clerks was named after the character Kevin Smith Ugh. wrote himself having an affair with in these episodes. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on. It's so weird. It's so on. gross. He like he he's written as like the cool guy and everybody wants to be a also he's like somehow inserted in inserts himself into all the teen drama going on yeah. at school. Like you're supposed to be there directing a movie, but you're becoming friends with all the teenage kids and like going about like, oh, oh no, the kid with bipolar disorder is missing. What happened? We gotta go find him. Like what are you doing? These aren't you're you are you you're forty years old and these aren't like your kids. Like stay away from them. The most recognizably Kevin thing is just how awful he is to Jay in this. And it's it's no like it's not yes. any worse than he usually is, but it's just it's been a while since I've seen it and it really upset me again because like I like Jay. He's even kind of funny in this when it's not the butt of the joke isn't like what if he was fucking a child. Um yeah. but it 
It's just like, <laughs> it's, it stirs up such a rage in me to see him just like using Jay, not even as like, they're hardly even jokes. It's just like, I hate this guy, but he's still my friend. Am I, am I remembering right? I think in the third episode, he like kicks Jay in the balls or, or something. I think he does. I think during yeah, he what, does. what the fuck? <laughs> he writes Jay just to be his doofus sidekick that he can like beat up on. And like everyone's impressed with how cool he is. And Caitlin, the the grown up Degrassi character, like falls for him and they yeah. share an intimate moment. And the whole time, like, even <laughs> before he's... Cheating on her boyfriend. She's, like, <laughs> she's tempted into cheating on her long-term boyfriend by Kevin Smith. He's this just disgusting too man. <laughs> And the whole time, um, even before he's, like, brought on screen, people are like, Kevin Smith? He's so cool. And I don't even think at the height of his popularity, people thought he was cool. Like, that's not why people liked no. him. No. No, they did. They did. I oh, like fuck. it was a it was a thing to like oh. watch Kevin Smith May, movies in, in high school in, yeah. in Canada. I guess Canada might be they have the a different barometer of, for of, what's cool. of young Kevin fan. It it felt like both relate as someone who grew up in the suburbs of like Toronto and watched a lot of Kevin Smith movies with my friends. I that part I do get because it like they were both like accessible and felt like a little subversive while also being like relatable, right? Like clerks and stuff like that. Um, maybe yeah, I was just I, a fucking loser, but I, I do remember I, I watching I guess I can yeah. kind of see that. It gave me echoes of something like, I don't know, 15 years later, there was a um, Teen Titans versus Justice League animated movie where Kevin Smith uh, is plays a cameo as himself to interview Beast Boy on his podcast. Ugh. And Beast Boy, <laughs> and Beast Boy is just as excited about meeting Kevin Smith in that movie as the Degrassi kids are in this. And this is like 2018 Kevin Smith, like long <laughs> after no, no, like no, like uh, teenagers were into Kevin Smith by this point. <laughs> but uh, in the world of Teen Titans versus Justice League, uh, Beast Boy is a huge fan. <laughs> But of then course. again, like, no teenagers are watching that movie, you know? It's all people who would have grown up with Kevin Smith, so I kind of... Yeah, that's it. that's true, I guess. It's also, I think, a result of the thing we talked about where he hangs around, yeah. like, WB and Marvel and is just, like, begging to be involved with any <sighs> fucking stupid thing. I do Awful, love man. how our introduction to Kevin Smith as a film director is him just on a VHS... on the creepiest VHS camera filming cheerleading practice yeah yeah <laughs> um that is yeah and then and then he goes to the prom kevin's go or the, the <laughs> dance what whatever kind of dance it is and he's going around like like he's like an authority figure or something and it's like what are you doing at this high school dance man this is weird it's, it's he says uh, he wants good. to like film it like it's real man like he wants to do real high schooler stuff like man but then when they, when he's filming it's all just the same like Jay and Silent Bob dumb jokes, right? So yeah, that this, doesn't make any this sense. This isn't this isn't what you do. You use and you use a high school for film locations. The, you the make everybody fucking like, leave because they're idiot you hire, teenagers. You hire actors to pretend to be the high school kids. You don't just get whatever kids are around at that school, become friends with them, learn all their names and their, or learn about their problems and stuff. And then put them in the movie. And then also Caitlin, for some reason, also plays a role in the movie. This is like the plot of Wes Anderson's worst movie that hasn't that doesn't exist yet. Like jovial film director it, goes to high school and befriends all the young children who have mental disorders. It's awful. <laughs> That's just like the Umbrella it, Academy without superpowers. Like it's 
Yeah, it, I, it's like even in the context of the movie, it seems like a fake situation that Kevin created just because he had this weird desire to hang out at the yeah at, at the children's high he school. Degrassi high. Wants the one yeah. kid to make music for his movie despite never heard it, hearing his music. Insane! You can't do that. Sight, sight unseen. And yeah. Then, and then when the music supervisor for Kevin like hears the music and says it's trash, they don't want it, and the guy goes to Kevin, he's like. Fuck that guy, I'll fire him. And it's like, you haven't even heard the music. You're just assuming that this, <laughs> this kid is any good. Well, that doesn't happen. And yeah, and they also introduced the idea of Kevin being a fan of Caitlyn, even though Degrassi doesn't exist in this world. But he's watched her, like, her reel. News like, show? She has, like, a videotape <laughs> of her of her best like news moments or something that he's watched. And he's like, talks to her about how he's a big fan of her on camera uh, uh, presence. And it's funny because her, her conflict in the show is she wants to go back to LA, right? Like she couldn't cut it there. So she comes back to Toronto. Um, So it's like, he's clearly like manipulating her and being like, I'm a famous director from LA. Like I live in Los Angeles now. Right. You want to be in the movies, kid? Like, you know, fuck this me. This is also this is also a timeline, of course, where Kevin never got married and had a kid. The fictional Kevin is is single for the purposes of the story, so he can live out his fantasy of falling in love with Caitlin from Degrassi. It's so pathetic. Do you think he watches himself make out with Caitlin on the show as like pre roll before he has sex with his wife? I think he does that, and then he wa- well, he looks at the picture, the Playboy pictures. We had a, he had another man caressing his mostly nude wife. I think that the combo of those yeah. like, is what really nails him there. <laughs> like just the most shameless, and I think this is like pervasive throughout all of Kevin's filmography and like his life as a person. Is he is quite possibly the most shameless person who has ever lived right <laughs> it's like yeah, for whatever reason yes. everyone has just accepted it and even in the context of this show and what they let him do to this like show everyone has accepted it and it's like it's even funnier when you realize that like this show is ostensibly for like you know an audience that on paper should not like you know be allowed to watch kevin smith movies or whatever humans um so it's like why is he here like who is this for this is entirely a kevin smith vanity like affair and you know these like weird canadian producers just let him go with it i think they like truly were just starstruck by the idea of like a american uh hollywood guy coming in because yeah. they really make him out to be like a big shot, a big Hollywood like genius, uh, emotional mature one million. Um. Well, well, I wanted to read a, a quote from Kevin from this article because uh, he tells this story, and apparently the 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 Degrassi creator pitched the idea to him when they first announced Degrassi: The Next Generation. And he was too busy at the time. But later on, when he saw the show and all the old characters were on, he like really wanted to be on it. And um, he said, he says, I worked with one of the writers up there, Wink, and the version of myself is unmarried and has no kid. He's a single director, but he's made clerks in all those movies. Since Caitlin's character was a journalist, Smith thought she could interview his on-screen counterpart. And then we kissed, he said. I broke her and Joey up. It was awesome. I changed the fucking course of Degrassi history. Yes, these two are heading toward a marriage and I've ruined it. <laughs> Absolutely uh, incredible. And he's so so full of glee that he's like, 
actually negatively impacted the lives of the, his beloved Degrassi characters just so he could insert himself into it and get the kiss from the girl. <laughs> what a freak. What a weird little freak. It, like, it's already we it's already weird enough for this adult uh, uh, American director to show up and insert himself in everybody's lives. But then to make him the main character of this arc and it be about his personal relationship conflicts rather than the kids is truly bizarre. We should yeah. also say that this is Kevin at like, maybe he's like one of the worst points he's looked like he's really fat. Uh, he's got the like Nate or the olive green blazer yeah. jorts thing, which is really funny because oh, you know, yeah. he he's like showed it, up his whole his whole <laughs> uniform on. He like sat in makeup and he's like, oh, no, no, but I'm wearing this. Like, I, this is what I'm wearing for every single mm -hmm. scene. And he does. It has to be authentic. Um, And then he also he's, we see this is when he's <laughs> this is when he's in transition from the bowling shirt phase to yes. the, like trench coat phase because we yes. get a little bit of both. We get the um, bowling shirt. And we also get the trench coat. And he and, had uh, to drag Jen Jason Muse with him, by the way. Oh, like, God. he just dragged all the people in his life with him to shoot this show in Toronto for, like, no reason other than his own, like, selfish... Because he wanted to, like, kiss this person on camera, right? Uh, just, yeah, because he needed a dumb sidekick to be mean to and, like, to be, like, to have him be a pervert and hit on high school girls. <laughs> and then Kevin could be like, <laughs> oh, don't do that, Jason. <laughs> gross i like the wish fulfillment aspect of this episode of these like arcs a lot by the way where he just shows up and like starts granting wishes for all the characters and like one of the characters runs away and he does like a psa like i'm famous right. film director kevin smith we, please find this find, boy we've gotta find this kid it, it struck me as a very kind of odd a depiction of bipolar disorder um this is like the basically the non-kevin side of the story but it's the kid that he hired to do music for his movie and then the kid uh, i guess stops taking his meds and starts having like a manic episode and gets to the point where he runs away from home and starts getting all dilute I, I don't know i don't i felt like a. I mean, they. I. I. I guess I applaud them for trying to bring awareness to uh, a teens with bipolar disorder, but it felt like a weird, slightly off uh, portrayal of how. As someone, yeah, I don't know, about mania as someone works. with with bipolar disorder, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I was like mildly offended watching it. Um, Be you know, like it, uh, yeah. Heck, well, at first, when he's first going through the manic phase, he's not really showing any signs of mania he's like kind of talking normally it's just that he's getting like kind of crazy ideas he's just like oh we could do this and then everyone's like are you off your meds just because he like had like a strange i don't know it's but then then he goes like full-blown like delusional like uh like kind of homeless person style crazy towards the end and you know that's something everyone with mental illness likes hearing when they're having a bad day is like are you off yeah. your meds <laughs> first first response like if he <laughs> because because he's like saying to his girlfriend oh what if you stayed what if you didn't go to england right now and helped me made a song and she's like are you off your meds dude <laughs> like, what's your problem yeah, absolutely psycho shit. Like, it is very of its era as well. Like, it is a little time capsule of, like, the early to mid-2000s. 
um, in terms of like how it depicts mental illness and like homelessness and, uh, you know, just the nature of a high school. Like you could never get away with those Jason Muse jokes today. Right. And that's actually yeah. probably a good thing. Um, it's, it's not nostalgic. It's actually kind of scary. But yeah, those and those are the first uh, jokes that Kevin probably thought of. Like, oh, of course, if Jason Mewes were there, he'd be hitting on the girls. And and then it's confusing because while they're filming the movie, in the context of the movie, he's also hitting on the fictional girls. But then when the camera stops, Kevin's like, hey, I thought I told you to cut that out. And it's like, are they just ad-libbing this whole movie like as they go? <laughs> like the fact that Jason <laughs> is hitting on the girls in the movie is just him like doing that? And like, like, did, is there even a script for this fucking thing? <laughs> yeah, how much he's revealing about his just directorial style? Um, yeah, for being a director who writes like hundreds of pages of dialogue or whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, and there's the Alanis Morissette cameo where she's in Kevin's movie in like a Mounties uniform. She's yeah. like playing the the principal of the school, I think, in the movie. But she's dressed up like a Mountie and she's doing the most exaggerated, stupid, like comedy ca Canadian accent, you know, saying a boot and all that. And like, and it's so weird because it's a movie within a show and it's like, this is supposed to be like, if Kevin were making a movie, this is like, or this is what it would look like. Like, this would be the level of the humor. It and is. It turns like out, yes. It is, because later he made <laughs> yoga hosers, and that's exactly what it was. It's so smug, too. Like, like the, the whole meta-textual element of it is, like, again, it's just, like, a, it's a monument to Kevin Smith's vanity in a show that's, like, where every other episode is, like, a very special episode, right? Um, and I, again, like, the part that I, I'm struck with is, like, when, when Kevin's around, the very special episode is easily resolved because Kevin's there to fix your problems. <laughs> Um, like he, he should have paid for, uh, Drake's like wheelchair, like walking surgery at the end. I would have loved that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to see any interactions between, uh, Kevin and Drake as, as the kid, as the disabled kid, you know, cause I'm sure that would have been a gold mine oh, for, God. you know, some hilarious interactions. I bet there's What's some like lost footage that benevolent Canadian TV producers have hidden away from the world. He pitched some jokes and they're just like, I don't know about that one, Kevin. Maybe let's go in another direction. <laughs> uh, I was looking for I was looking for Kevin's. I just looked through Kevin Smith's Twitter to see if he talked about Drake. Um, and apparently on an episode of Hollywood Babylon, they dedicate to Drake on Degrassi Junior High. But uh, unfortunately, there's no like photos of them together or anything like that. Let's try Google Images. Uh, could you imagine Drake having to like seeing Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith being like, I loved you on Degrassi and him just being like, I please fuck off. It's like, oh, remember <laughs> when we worked together <laughs> on Degrassi, <laughs> even though we didn't have any scenes or dialogue together. Yeah. And, Aubrey uh, Graham. You, you you basically didn't even appear in the episodes that I sort of wrote, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do Ke like Ke I do like seeing young Drake, though. I will say that was one of my favorite things about this show is like, oh, yeah, I forgot that the wheelchair kid in Degrassi became like the world's biggest musician. <laughs> yeah, it was funny it's, seeing uh... him uh, in one of the commercials at the Super Bowl because like he clearly got on some kind of steroid or something. He is really huge and looks kind of weird now. I think I liked him better when he was a little skinnier. Um, do you think 
Drake picked up his like weird proclivities for like high schoolers from uh, Jason Mewes. Like, do you think this was transformative I, for Drake I, I as well? I think I don't. I don't think so. I, I doubt that this doing these episodes was a significant moment <laughs> in in Drake's life. I don't think these episodes, but I think probably like being in a high school show <coughs> can definitely mess up your brain for he, the rest of he your relate, life. He relates. He relates to teen stars because he was a teen star. So that's why he goes out of his way to help uh, young, struggling female uh, teen stars, you know, deal with the the struggles of being famous and underage. He's just uh, passing on his wisdom. Awful. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay, gotcha. Horrifying. And, th- and, yeah. th- and then he go and then he goes and produces a whole uh, TV show about uh, high school students getting fucked up and having sex and stuff. <laughs> There is a there is one photo of Drake with Kevin Smith I found. Oh which I no! Just threw, oh and god! They both look very happy, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, well, Kevin's doing his usual fucking goober face, and Drake is probably very professionally smiling for a photograph because <laughs> he's a celebrity, and that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I. It's a weird relationship there. Oh fuck no, he was in a Kevin Smith was in a Drake music video. I forgot about that. He was? Yeah, he was in the oh, I'm wow. upset. I didn't know about this. Drake put like sent a video in Degrassi High School, right? Oh. <laughs> right. And Kevin Smith cameoed it. I totally forgot about this. So, 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 somehow there was a conversation in Hollywood going on about Degrassi and his ears perked up and he just showed up in the office like, oh, can I be involved in this? <laughs> put me in the video. And Drake was like, yeah, of course. Um, so I like, guess oh, you I have remember to be. You? you were on Degrassi with me. Yeah, we're he plays to, a pretty gonna prominent to, role. We're going to have to check out that video, actually. Uh-huh. They also, uh, they, there was also, I don't know if this is something worth doing a whole episode on, but there was also a, a Degrassi movie called Degrassi Goes Hollywood, which Kevin appears in, but Jason Mewes is actually even more prominent in this Degrassi movie because he, in in the world of Degrassi, Jason Mewes is trying to uh, make it as like a director himself, and he's writing directing and starring in a a movie called musical high uh muse spelled like his name muse so like it's a musical about high school starring him and i guess the kids from degrassi who have gone hollywood uh are um uh, uh acting in in so it's jason muse this time who's making a movie with all the teenagers uh, hopefully the whole the him whole the whole thing with him wanting to commit statutory rape doesn't come up too much in the movie. <laughs> but, I'm uh, I'm looking at the music video right now and it's literally Drake uh invading his high school reunion and getting it on with all the girls from his high school while oh Kevin my Smith God. Dude. <laughs> Kevin cool. Smith and Silent Bob Hell do yeah. pranks in the background and like ad lib oh. uh verses and like are also dancing with the kids from the high school. <laughs> Fuck, Hell I yeah, brother. That, that's that cool. Is... <laughs> that's what cool guys do. Yeah, it's ro- oh, like man. yeah. It's it's Drake like you know um doing his verse like on the bleachers surrounded by beautiful women and men in suits and then like right in front of him there's Jason Mewes. Oh jeez. Wow. 
Um, there is some like that's, pathology. That's really, yeah. really cool, Kevin. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're seeing yeah, it, I right? Was, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not watching it now. Uh, I'll probably check that out later. Uh, <laughs> but um, this but this whole this whole uh, uh, Degrassi arc. Uh, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just thinking like there's some heavy psychology happening here. It's like, and especially because uh, the kind of stilted, slightly fake sounding way that all the kids on Degrassi talk seems to like mesh perfectly with Kevin's uh, glorified self image in the show. So the whole thing feels like we're just watching like we're like peeking into Kevin's boring daydreams, like his fantasy of what if I was really there in Degrassi High? And it all, it all, it's just, it weirdly makes sense how much like he fits into the world of Degrassi, but it also feels like a sort of Kevin Smith fever dream. Like he's just imagining all of this. Well, Kevin Smith Smith's capacity for writing is at the level of a show like Degrassi, just with exactly, more vulgarity, yeah. right? Like, right. That's basically it. Like, of course, he fits right into this world because his real calling would be a very special episode teen dramas like even okay i love the wonder years you know it is one of my favorite shows of all time i think it's you know one of the best american cultural products ever made but kevin mm. smith couldn't even cut it as a writer on the wonder years you know what i mean that's too not. mature yeah um whereas something like degrassi which is just so blatantly melodramatic and soapy is exactly the world it, kevin fits yeah. into and it feels so much more staged. Like, I feel like Degrassi all, is always these, like, staged... Well, each scene is like a staged encounter between two characters. It's like two characters meet in some room in the school and have, like... An, like, it doesn't... The, the, the world doesn't feel real. It's all, it feels more like you're watching a play or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a joke on children's TV I worked on in in toronto a lot where it was like you know everything because you know there's dynamic lighting which is where there's shadows and like ratios and then there's flat lighting right where it's like everyone mm -hmm. just looks like they're just flat lit from one light like the joke on any kids tv show was just can you make it flatter you know what i mean just bring in more lights we can't have any <laughs> shadows on these kids faces and it's like it just looks artificial and like a little gross and like clearly not anything that real life would look like and that's yeah. degrassi right it's like this simultaneously this um you know hyper uh hyper articulated version of like what high school is but also just like completely fake like it's it's yeah. just when, yeah in my memories of high school it was never ever lit as nicely as the school on degrassi <laughs> like the lighting, the lighting of my high school experience was so depressing. It was, it was all either like uh, the um, I can't. What do you call those kinds of lights? Fluorescent. Fluorescent. Office, but fluorescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all just that like unpleasant, the unpleasant hum of like the fluorescent lighting, and there'd be like Ugh. flickering lights, and then sometime in the morning it would be very dim because you have to get there so early in the morning like half the year it's still dark when you get to school <laughs> and so it, it's like just the most just the most depressing uh lighting scenarios you could come up with but in degrassi everything seems so sunny and nice and beautifully like lit with stage lights and it's just like this doesn't resonate with me as like high school what high school is like or what it looks like or how it feels 
And also just the idea that the school would be so desperate for Kevin Smith to film a movie in it, right? Because in the beginning, it's like an interview where he's like, yeah, all of our all of our locations fell through. We need a school. And he like makes a heartfelt plea to the television. And it's for a show called Local Heroes, too, which I find very funny. <laughs> um, and he's like, please give us a school location. We need to shoot one so badly. And then Degrassi's like, well, come on in. You know, it doesn't matter. There's classes happening and people are learning kevin you can interrupt our uh you know yeah. poorly funded school with uh with yeah. your movie for 30 he, he, days he's, yeah he's seemingly doing the whole shoot like on school days during during the school day like there's just school going on around them like it's like instead of getting extras it's all the kids actually in the hallway <laughs> going to their classes and they're just filming <laughs> this movie over the course of the, it's like It'd be totally disrupting these kids' education, you know? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, I googled Kevin Smith Degrassi on, or I looked it up on Reddit, and the first post that comes up is, by the way, the Degrassi subreddit has 13,000 members, uh, of which, at the time of speaking, 203 are online. Like, the community is actually extremely active. It looks like, sure. yeah, like, posts Jeez. from minutes ago. Um, but the number one post is Kevin Smith's kind of ruined Degrassi. Amazing. Uh, and <laughs> That's let me awesome. read this to you. Kevin Smith's appearance was the birth of the ridiculous, unrealistic Hollywood slash fame storylines on Degrassi. Oh boy. The main reason why people like Degrassi is because it is raw and real, and the instant fame storylines completely derailed that, and it became like every other teen show. Since Kevin Smith's appearance, the students were in a movie and Manny became a sought-after movie star, Craig became <laughs> a famous musician, Paige became a socialite, the famous coins coming to Degrassi, Mia becomes a high-fashion model, Zoe, an actress, goes to Degrassi, <laughs> and then they just, like, list, um, list all the, uh, all the things that happened to these characters because Kevin Smith made a movie there and fundamentally altered the course of their lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of like they, uh, the Degrassi and Kevin kind of both fed each other a poison pill. Cause, uh, Degra uh Kevin had that, uh, a terrible effect on the Degrassi franchise, but also for Kevin, that was his kind of entree, into feeling like he was welcome in Canada and could be increasingly fixated on Canada and Ugh. make these awful fucking movies that were set in Canada. <laughs> and it's like doing all the doing all these like Canadian jokes and having them set, talk like idiots. And it's all like, you know, it's like he's part of the club, like he's an unofficial Canadian because because Degrassi let him in. <laughs> Yeah, the Degrassi subreddit is wild because it's it really is like people nostalgia tripping on Degrassi. It feels like everyone has like uh, Peter Pan syndrome, but for a fictional mm. high school, which I guess was the appeal of the show uh, in yeah, a lot that, of ways. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, t uh, Drake seems to have his own kind of version of, of Peter Pan syndrome, <laughs> and, uh, you know, sort of recruiting like lost children to join his little uh, uh, merry uh, club. <laughs> yeah uh, he's more like a pied know, piper thing like he's leading them into the woods <laughs> with his music yeah i mean like i actually do really like drake's music um the That's cinematographer nothing, for nothing wrong with that i don't know if i've told this story before but the cinematographer for god's plan owes me a ton of money because i used to work for that guy when he was just oh, starting wow. out nice and he didn't he didn't pay me like for the last two gigs i did he just didn't send me a check and ghosted me and then i like 
go on YouTube and I'm like, oh, God's plan is Drake giving people money. And then it's like, I see the post on Facebook <laughs> How about from some that, of that guy. money for me? Yeah, it's Give like, where's my God's plan? And I see, I see this guy <laughs> on Facebook post like it was a pleasure to go with Drake and shoot this music video. We did something really beautiful here. And I was just like, where the fuck is my my god's plan man like what the fuck and now he he just shot the new saw movie so he's like making wow millions um oh, and canadian uh, film industry drama we're putting him on blast yeah fuck feel you free, feel free to you say his full name uh, yeah. if you want no. and address i'm not gonna do that um yeah. <laughs> feel free to threaten this person until he pays abdul his his first name is bleep his his full name is bleep that but like right. you can you can google oh, him and okay. find that uh you can bleep that though if you want oh he also shot i didn't realize this he also shot the i'm upset music video featuring jay and silent bob so oh, wow oh my, <laughs> yeah wow we have We've really narrowed our uh, degrees of separation to Kevin here. That's just like we're just like two, three <laughs> people away from him. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, yeah, get, fuck get, get, getting getting nervous. We're getting closer and closer to the uh, to the uh, Kevin echelon of society. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Believe that. Thanks. Uh, if you ever feel like paying me back that money from five, six years ago, you know, and you're listening to somehow be my pay fucking him back. guest, <laughs> pay the man. Come pay on, your boy back. We're not going to pay him. This is Everybody, he doesn't get paid for hey, this. Part. Listen, listen, we need to talk about Kevin Army. Get out there. Get in this guy's <laughs> mentions, his DMs, harass him. His yard. Tell him to tell him to pay up. Let's get a hashtag his going. Work. Hashtag Jordan pay Abdul. Get it trending. We're going to get this man his money. I I don't I don't recommend targeted harassment, but uh, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> I do I do recommend it. We do as a <laughs> podcast. We not only recommend it, we're actually uh, we're insisting on it. We're directing yes. it. We're instructing you to do targeted harassment. <laughs> but uh, Abdul Abdul doesn't approve of this. But it's what we uh, the podcast <laughs> want. Hell yes. yeah! If this <laughs> this is gonna end with like me having to pull out the receipts from like five six years ago, being like believe that. Pay me. Oh, um, man. Yeah. It would be so cool to start a whole, like, online feud thing that's all, all centered on uh, ca the Canadian film industry. That's you know, truly the only reason we started this podcast is yeah. to fan the flames of online. We'll, we'll bring down Drake. Drake, if you don't publicly <laughs> condemn, if you don't disavow this man, this character, then uh, I will, will no longer pay for your music and concerts. Oh man, that's so funny. I didn't realize I didn't realize oh I can't say this on pod. Um, you should probably want to bleep that. That's uh maybe yeah, we we'll will actually too bad, too bad too bad you are too bad you already said it on the pod. Oh, that's actually record, true. These so. are live podcasts. How how much how much is that information worth to you? <laughs> I mean, about three fifty. There you go. Well, I'll take sold. About a, good. a that's dime like bag. almost a Patreon sub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh Degrassi, I don't know. Do you guys feel like watching more Degrassi no. now that you've seen this like no, this, I really did not institution? Enjoy it. This I mean this wasn't my first experience with Degrassi as I've said. I do I vaguely remember watching this version of Degrassi on I think it was Noggin, the like extra <laughs> Nickelodeon channel they had on cable. Yeah. They would show Degrassi. And I specifically remember seeing like one of these episodes because I remembered the scene with Alanis Morissette. So like I was definitely previously aware of the Kevin Smith Degrassi arc, but didn't really remember it. And I weirdly I remembered a lot of these care a lot of the characters I saw in the opening credits, but weren't really 
a big part of these episodes. I remember like I know that one guy, uh, the like redheaded guy who's an adult from the original Degrassi has like a daughter and that she's one of the kids. And I like remembered her, but um, I didn't actually remember Drake or any of these other characters. And then also I watched the newer Degrassi that was on Netflix and it was, it's really bad, but it's just the kind of bad stuff that's like really easy listening. I mean, easy viewing guilty pleasure shit that sometimes like, you know, they add a 10 episode season to Netflix and I'm incredibly bored and I'll just throw it on. Yeah. Like I see next class, they added a girl in a hijab for representative purposes. Of course. There you go. Oh, yeah, of course. Every, every episode of next class is either about racial discrimination or like gender issues and me too. And like sexual harassment. It's, it's, it's all, it's every, it's all, uh, you know, the mo modern, like social justice topics. So yeah, they needed to have a hijabi uh, character. Who's best friends with an alt girl with blue hair. Um, this is amazing. Of, of, of course. <laughs> That's like just kind of the two kinds of woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and an Arab guy who's like a light skinned Arab in a cafe. I'm looking at this right now. When is Kevin Smith going to do Degrassi next class? When is he uh, going to hop on? God. It would be even scarier now. 50-year-old Kevin Smith showing up on the newer Degrassi. The adult, none of the adult characters from the old ones are even there anymore. So he doesn't even have any connection to it. It's just him showing up to interact with these ch these children. It might be better because he wouldn't want to make out with one of the stars of it. Like he wouldn't like insert himself in in a purely <sighs> sexual manner. So Maybe he, not that bad. If he had the if he had the writing involvement on it, like the first thing that would happen is Jason Muse would say something shitty to the hijabi girl, and Kevin would be like, "No, no, that's not. we we have to be woke now, right, kids?" Yeah. Some he like whips like whips Jason Muse or something. Oh. You know, bad dog, bad dog. Oh, oh um, I, I, he, do, you, do you wait? Do, do you know about um the hijabi character in uh Jane Silent Bob reboot? Did we talk about that with you before? <laughs> Yes, we did. Oh my um, god! And it's it's, <laughs> it's awful. It's not good. Yeah, it, it's pretty fucked up. But <laughs> I like I like that that's Kevin Smith's idea of being woke. Yeah, you know I mean, like I I do find that very funny. Like the he he and Drake <laughs> should be best friends because they are man chill. I don't know if you guys are Drake connoisseurs. No, right? Not really. But there's a there's a great song on Drake's views where the first verse is him describing. Um, how he gets into a fight with his his girlfriend at the cheesecake factory, That's and he's awesome. like, "Why do we have to? Why do we have to fight at cheesecake? You know, I love to go there. This is a place for families who drive Camrys and go to Disney. Fuck? Like they don't, <laughs> you don't need to know all. They don't need to know all of our business." Then he describes being mad at her that she went to buy tampons and her the exact line is like you go to buy kotex in my bugatti i find the keys and try to hide it you <laughs> find it awkward lyrics from a song <laughs> yes the same song yeah it, it says i try to hide the keys and then you find it awkward silence <laughs> oh, <laughs> is how the verse goes. corny 
And he's not even writing these lyrics, right? He's paying somebody for those, presumably. That sucks. That man. one, that one, I believe he wrote. That one, well, I will actually go to my grave believing Drake wrote that verse because I, it is like such a man-child verse to write, right? I, yeah. I sort of picture him it more like Drake having like a writer's room, and he's like the head writer, and they're all like, <laughs> pitching pitching rhymes for. Don't you don't you think that's how it would work with like a famous rapper who uses ghostwriters? Like they would have a little. <laughs> a little Sesh. writer's room set up and they yeah. all just pitch verses to him that, that's what I imagine but I don't know <laughs> that would be awesome actually imagine getting paid like $13 an hour to write Drake verses with like 14 other people with liberal arts degrees who have never if, listened to rap music in their lives if this is the caliber of, of the lyrics that Drake is putting out I think I could do that job I, I think yeah. I could probably help him out like I just go you go on rhymezone.com and just like you know crank a couple songs out because you only need one like one or two drake songs per album right the rest of his stuff is just going to be features anyway so the other songs you can just totally phone in like you just have to fill in the like 10 song minimum minimum basically yeah and it's like and i just posted the lyrics in the chat by the way if you want to uh (laughs) see them but like yeah like it it really does match up uh like this this degrassi complex that both drake and kevin smith seem to share right Uh like they're both just oversized fucking man children who will like you know again blow a, a argument to cheesecake factory out of proportion I will say that Kevin Smith is nowhere near capable of the level of artistry it probably took to make this song that seems corny to me. <laughs> it is extremely corny. It is deeply, I like that deeply corny. The tag at the end of this verse is don't make me give you back to the hood, presumably back to the hood. from the Cheesecake Factory. It's like, damn, I brought you out of the hood to the goddamn Cheesecake Factory. Get, get, give you back to the hood where I found you in a in a not at all predatory way. Like he's yeah. just, he's, dri- he's driving around the hood, which he definitely didn't come from. Like finding a uh, you know seventeen almost almost eighteen year old girls to like take on cheesecake factory dates. It is it is a complicated relationship being both a sports fan and uh, listening to Drake, whose music I really do enjoy, even though it's corny as hell, uh, and also knowing that he's like fairly a piece of shit you know what i mean like there's kevin smith claims he changed the core the i think the exact quote is i changed the fucking course of degrassi forever which is like you know i'm, I'm happy you're happy uh mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's something said with such like resounding pride yeah um, clear, clearly the yeah. Our degrassi community is not so thrilled about it yes you know as as the 36 comments on this post I was looking at show. Uh, they all seem to be in completely complete agreement um, that Kevin Smith ruined Degrassi. But but that tension that you're talking about uh, about you know with the artist like you know reconciling the fact that he's a piece of shit. I mean that's present in any kind of art appreciation. Definitely with movies and any like great director or like actor or any anyone that you like. Like you, it's you do have to compartmentalize it because, you know, we don't know about all of them yet, but we know about plenty that are pieces of shit in real life. And, and, uh, and the ones that like, we don't know negative stories about in terms of directors and actors, like we don't know that they're not pieces of shit. (laughs) There's a plausible deniability, but it's still like, like, I'm not gonna, you know, um, like, like, like when people were trying to cancel Stanley Kubrick, a while back because he uh, sort of abused 
uh, Shelley Duvall on the set. And it's like, that's still a great movie. I'm not going to pretend it's not a great movie. And he wasn't a, a brilliant director just because he uh, didn't, you know, his behavior wasn't always great. I guess that's like the way I can almost appreciate Kevin Smith is that he exists to be a jobs program for all of the people he knows. Okay. Which well, is hold like, on. This, do- this doesn't apply to Kevin Smith because both his work and him as a person are wretched. There isn't like a... Oh, they are extremely no, wretched. There's no, there's no compartmentalizing necessary there because Kevin the man and Kevin the filmmaker are, are equally bad. I'm, oh, no, I'm not saying I like Kevin Smith as a person. I'm saying, like, at the very least, I can appreciate that he's, you know, a full-time employment program for <laughs> a bunch of people who would not have otherwise had meaningful careers in their lives as a as a circumstance, right? I mean, you have to consider a couple of things. One, is the work they're doing for Kevin actually meaningful? And two... Uh, does Kevin uh, wield his authority over them in those positions <laughs> for abusive purposes? To which the answer from everything is we've yes. seen about it behind the scenes is yes, he does. So I don't give him much credit for providing jobs to all his friends if he's going to be like a petty tyrant who wields authority over his friends, especially fucking Jason Mewes. But we don't need to get into that whole thing Actually, right now. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Because Malcolm yeah. Ingram once asked him for thirty thousand dollars to finish a movie, and Kevin said no. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> yes. What a piece of that's, shit. That's another thing that pissed me off about this. Is like the kid goes up to Kevin. And he's like, "Hey, man, you're like making a movie uh, in my school. Can I, I do? I'm in a band. Can I do the soundtrack?" And he's like, "I would love to help you, kid." When we know in real yeah. life, he won't <laughs> even fucking read a script of a guy a little person who oh, asked yeah. him very politely and instead just like spends half an hour making fun of him in front of a crowd yeah he's oh yeah he's, 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 with kevin smith yeah and he's just gonna put this kid's music in his movie sight unseen this like 16 year old kid like he hasn't heard the music and yeah like kevin like portrays himself like he's fucking santa claus showing up and just granting wish whatever wishes all these kids have and it's like even among his friends, uh, he, if he does anything nice for like his best friends, he holds it over them for the rest of their fucking lives. You know? And he makes sure it's like a, he dedicates a full time episode of his podcast to what a good person he is as well. Oh, God. Uh, you know, I yeah, I I haven't listened to that podcast in so long, um, but like I kind of want to see where it is now. Uh, feel, feel free, brother, you know, for, uh, <laughs> Godspeed to you. I um, I uh, did you guys catch by the way that it, this was episode 420 of Degrassi? He, I did. He I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, the first one. It was 420 through 422. Yeah, isn't that? And like, it's funny because they don't because Degrassi is like, even though they handle adult subject matter, it's very PG 13. It doesn't like get that like uh, vulgar or anything. But it seems like with Kevin's appearance, they tried to push the envelope as much as they could. With that stuff, and uh, one of the things during his interview, he's like talking about the Canadian flag, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I love the Canadian flag." You know, Jason Muse Muse really loved the flag too until he realized uh, that that's a maple leaf, and it's like almost as if the joke wasn't obvious. He's like, "He th- yeah, he thought it was a, a pot leaf," you know. And it's like, yeah, we get the fucking joke. Awful. Do we do we all agree that that Kevin Smith walked so movie Bob could run? Yeah, we've we've talked um, about it a little yeah, bit about how yeah. it's not quite that, but they are this a similar kind of guy. Um, in fact, Movie Bob did a series of videos on Kevin Smith uh, coming to 
sometimes a similar conclusion as we have on this podcast. But interesting. We've sort of talked about this. If Kevin Smith were born just a little bit later, if he were a little younger, he never really would have started making movies seriously and he would have just been a movie Bob. Like he was the earliest incarnation of that type of guy, these like nerd culture personalities. But the internet wasn't really there yet. There was no YouTube podcast. There weren't podcasts yet. So that sort of energy went into making a shitty black and white movie where the characters make sex jokes about Star Wars, you know? But like, if he came of age just a little bit later, he would have had the trajectory of movie Bob, basically. I could like reasonably envision a movie in which movie Bob plays like a stalker, like a talented Mr. Ripley relationship with Kevin Smith. Um, Like they're so similar in both, you know, uh, composure and likeness and style. Yeah, uh, that it could be a really effective horror film. Ke- Kevin's just not as like openly vindictive as movie Bob is. He sort of ba- he sort of buries his like uh, his nasty impulses under like the the sheen of fake uh, good intentions, you know. And then like, uh, well, his feuds have been pretty public. Who's that guy? Who uh, John Lovitz? Is that who? Oh it is? yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He's had tons of feuds, but he always like talks about them in such a humble, like put upon way, where he just tries to be like, right. oh, I'm just, I'm just Kevin. I'm just the fat fuck from New Jersey. I don't know about this show business stuff, and why is Tim Burton mad at me? All I did was say his movies sucked or whatever. Like he all, he always, he always just has this like, ah, shucks, kind of like innocent victim role in the feud even though really it's him who's a jealous bitch and is starting all the problems <laughs> yeah i think one of my favorite kevin smith interview moments was when he was talking about they were scouting for jersey girl and the producers like the produ- uh the production company wanted him to shoot in toronto because it was cheaper uh-huh. um and he was like but Toronto looks nothing like New Jersey. You know what I mean? What like fuck? it was, it was so what does offensive New Jersey to him. Look like <laughs> New Jersey doesn't look like anything. You could, <laughs> you you could find locations in the Toronto area. I'm sure that would look just like any fucking shitty place in New Jersey. In Tusk, he shoots Canada in fucking California for a couple scenes, yeah. which is pretty good. Yes. He doesn't even, he does, in, in no, in, there's no, there isn't a single shot in Tusk or Yoga Hosers where I can look at it and be like, oh, that's definitely Canada. This looks really distinctively Canadian. Jesus. I'm looking up New Jersey suburbs right now, and I can assure you, as someone who grew up in a Toronto suburb, um, the two are actually fairly uh fairly interchangeable like you would just yeah. need to find a neighborhood that isn't brick houses and a siding but like yeah. you look up the new york skyline then you look at toronto circa jersey girl and you're like okay no you're kevin you were just being a precious bitch who wanted to waste money precious you know what i mean yeah like, no they use i mean they use toronto as a stand-in for new york all the time and people certainly complain about that because it's new york you know it's the third character and whatever like it's got all this personality you know but the idea that he's offended about just <laughs> substituting toronto locations for fucking new jersey like a place yeah, that's... that no one's no one's ever been like oh you know new jersey is really the like fourth character in this film in a way like doesn't there's Oof. no special fucking local character to new jersey i just even remember well no it's the sopranos uh, okay yeah yeah that's true but i mean the sopranos could have been filmed 
in any of those uh, shitty states that no one really cares about and it would look fine. <laughs> it's funny because like Jersey Girl is, is such a fucking mediocre movie. Uh, like an exceptionally mediocre movie and Kevin Smith talks about it like it was his Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Um, because it got like really bad yeah. reviews. But it didn't even get that bad. It has a 42 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, like there wow. are films that come out every year that have such like worse reviews and are so much bigger. Right? I mean, like Yeah, I mean Jersey Girl is a piece of shit, but if I think for his fans, they like felt like a little betrayed because yeah. he's doing like a it's not R-rated. It doesn't have as many like raunchy jokes and weed jokes. There's no Jay and Silent Bob in it. They're like, "What? This isn't like a Kevin Smith movie at all." And he immediately panicked and made Clerks too. So yeah, for That's... him, that was a major setback for him because his fans were so disappointed. That's the other thing too. He started a f- like he does not hesitate to trash. So Jersey Girl was shot by Vilmos Zygmunt, the cinematographer who did the cinematography on the deer hunter heaven's gate close encounters the third kind uh deliverance right and Mm -hmm. apparently he and kevin smith hated each other and he's like of course he did he was like i've never met a more miserable old man like you think you got an oscar-winning cinematographer it's gonna look great but no vilma zygmunt was such a piece of shit and i'm like i remember hearing that (laughs) yeah Trying to insist on like fr- uh, f- you know framing the shots well or using proper lighting or you know just silly stuff like that you know what kind of lens to use you know just bullshit that no one would care about. <laughs> yeah, and it's like no Kevin, and I remember thinking like oh yeah Vilmo Zygmunt must be a crotchety old man, but you know looking back on it now it's like no Kevin Smith was just a fucking asshole to work with. Yeah, of course. Like when he tells <laughs> uh, the Bruce yeah. Willis story, he actually Bruce Willis was such an asshole. But uh, he it, Kevin was just a fucking dipshit who got high all the time on set and had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, for like an action film that he was so out of his element on. I'm sure Bruce Willis is an asshole. You know what I mean? But like that really is like a, uh, you know, unstoppable force meets an immovable object situation there. Uh, okay, so when you when you mentioned the Velo Zygmunt thing, that unlocked a memory in my head of like <laughs> a, a Kevin quote from that I remember from way before all this that I'd heard and thought was funny. So this can be like a little bit of a Kevin's receipts to 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 yeah. start to close this out. Um, uh, Impromptu yeah, Kevin's it, it ha- receipts. It has, the, it has the quotes from Kevin on it. Cinematographer Velo Sigmund said that Kevin Smith just wanted to shoot everything in close-up shots. All these talking heads, since the film was heavily based on dialogue. Smith, on the other hand, said that he moved out of his comfort zone to work with Zygmunt, and the set was mainly built to Zygmunt's specifications. While Smith at one point referred to him as, quote, an ornery old cuss who made the crew miserable. He admitted that Zygmunt taught him a lot about lighting and pushed Smith to be more visual in his storytelling. Uh, later, Smith said the Jersey Girl looks far better than has any right to. I just, for some reason, the ornery old cuss stuck in my head because I think that's just a weird, funny thing to call a guy. <laughs> like, that guy was such a cuss. Cuss. That's like um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's what they do. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah, yeah. Are you cu- Are you cussing with me? The headline for the article in which that comes from is Vilmos Zygmunt, 
cinema needs good images is the is the quote they pull from him oh which wow. is incredible i i like him saying that to kevin smith i like the idea of him like telling kevin smith because kevin smith's so proud of making shitty looking movies where people talk a lot yeah right and it's like and of course like kevin smith has walked it back uh now that vilmos is dead Right mm-hmm. in this interview I'm reading right now, he's like, Vilmo Zygmunt taught me a lot about lighting. I remember right. after the first day of dailies, Affleck came up and said, did you see the dailies, dude? For once, I actually look good in your movie. It's not mm-hmm. like I was hitting the face with a fucking shovel. Yeah. It's like, and Jersey yeah. Girl is not a great looking movie by any stretch. I mean, it looks no. fine, I guess, like serviceable. But I don't think that Vilos really won these fights. <laughs> And uh, and it's very funny just hearing a little bit of his side of the story where he's like, yeah, this idiot just wanted to shoot a bunch of talking heads, didn't care about how his movie looked. It's like, yeah, his again, the other guy's version of the story is much more believable than Kevin's, who says that, oh, Vilos was just making the crew miserable because he's an ornery old cuss. I'm also going to walk back the Kevin Smith jobs program thing a bit more because that made me realize David Klein, like a cinematographer on Clerks, mm-hmm. uh, once he stopped working with Kevin Smith after, I think, like Red State, his career took off. Like he was shooting uh, entire seasons of Homeland and True Blood and just shot like episodes oh, wow. of The Mandalorian. Like wow. this guy was being held back by Talking Heads Man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, if, if anything, uh, I mean, most of Kevin's friends are idiots and probably have no real potential. But if anything, if they did have the potential to do anything actually good, they're being held back by him keeping them in his personal little orbit, his little fiefdom. You know, this motherfucker shot the Deadwood movie. <laughs> wow. Like, you know, Dave you go Klein, from Clerks, Kevin yeah. Smith's Dave Klein shot the Deadwood movie. That's great. So he's actually talented. None of that talent yes. is visible in any of those <laughs> Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like even Red State is like fairly incoherent Red, looking. He, well, he right? didn't shoot Red State. Actually, the uh, we talked about this before. The the cinematographer who would later go on to do Moonlight uh, actually shot Red State. So why is Dave Klein dedicated? Like- Cover this director of photography. Was there like? Oh I'm wait, sure there was am I am I wrong? Am I remember? You're I, thinking of a different movie, I think. Oh, Red State. No, I'm th- I'm thinking of Tusk. You're right. I had Tusk and Red State mixed up. Actually, yeah, it was Tusk that the Moonlight guy shot. So, oh yeah, Red I State. Red that. State also looks like shit. Tusk was one of his first movies. Uh, his first movie, maybe that didn't like look like garbage, and maybe he found an actual good cinematographer yeah. who knew how to communicate with him and convince him to do it his way. Because there are actually <laughs> there are actually some striking shots in Tusk that seem like they have no place in a Kevin Smith movie. I think that probably what it is is he found a cinematographer who like wouldn't just be lazy if you let them. Because I can't imagine yeah. Kevin being like, "Make this look good." I can't imagine him being like, "Okay, uh." shoot that uh and then we'll go eat lunch or whatever so just somebody who's actually like okay i'm just gonna like find a good shot and do it instead of somebody who's like okay i'm gonna like, do my job which you know there's nothing wrong with but. yeah i do find yeah, it interesting and, and, and also for- this was in kevin's post weed phase where he's happy to go fuck off and smoke weed somewhere while the cinematographer is doing the actual <laughs> work in jersey girl he might have been more impatient and been like just set up the shot come on fuck you old man it is it is interesting they's reverted back to like a um like a student cinematographer for Kilroy was here. Like I'm looking at this guy's credits right now and he shot oh, the Bernie the thing, Dolphin. The whole thing is 
so Kil- Kilroy was here uh, was made uh, by a film school program. That was the only way Kevin could get a movie produced. He went to this film school in Florida, I think. So all of the crew on the movie were students from this school. It was like a project for the because fi- this film school were the only ones that would produce a shitty low budget movie for him. So uh, and uh, that school is actually uh, funded by grants from the municipality. So the the taxpayers of Sarasota, <laughs> Florida, are actually subsidizing Kevin Smith's film career now. Keeping him on life support as the directors are the unwitting taxpayers <laughs> in Sarasota. I respect that. Yeah, I respect that because, like, Uwe Boll um, did the same thing. He, you know, used he used uh, the tax loopholes in Germany and Canada to but this keep is making Kevin movies. Smith. He's not some struggling indie filmmaker. He's not some <laughs> young uh, kid trying to make it. This is an experienced director who sucks so much that nobody wants to fucking work with him anymore. He I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that when directors hit a low point in their careers, they just get students to make their movies. Like Spike yeah. Lee did the same thing with um right. The Sweet Blood of Jesus mm. was like he he teaches film at NYU, I think. I think it's mm. NYU. Um and he basically just crewed it up with um with students from uh from the NYU program and stuff like that, which I find very funny. Uh and then he actually got better. He Spike Lee found a Spike Lee renaissance, uh, oh, unlike wow. Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't count on the same thing happening with Kevin Smith. <laughs> and I doubt we'll Kevin see many wants. more Kevin Smith movies in general unless he can find more uh, small time of film schools to grift. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. So I assumed that since this is student work for these kids, they're like not getting paid anything. <laughs> to work on the Kevin Smith movie. If I'm not familiar with like uh, IATSE rules in the US, but like likely if he wanted to stay on board with the big film unions, likely everyone would have got a IATSE permittee oh, right. permit. Okay. I mean, which by the way, doesn't clear you to get paid the same as a union member. Like mm. everyone probably got paid less, but like sure. 100% it was like a professional development opportunity because it makes it that much easier to join the union. Right. Um, yeah. But like, if he if he had not paid people, there probably would have been he probably would have been like disavowed from oh, any okay. IATSE crew working on his productions. Oh, so they'd just be paid uh le- paid below the union standard. Yeah, you'd yeah. you'd that, permit that them you'd sense. permit them into the union, uh, and then you'd pay them permit rates or whatever, which are less than your right. day rates for like. Typical well, then I guess crew. that is sort of a net positive for the kids that he worked with, but it's uh, <laughs> not a great sign for his career, I guess. <laughs> No. I'm just going to Google Kilroy was here, Iatsi. I want to see if it was actually Union Crew. Uh, of course, it just gives me the graffiti. One second. Before we close out, let's let's see if we can answer this question. Um, he did. He did have some Iatsi crew on oh, here. Wow. Uh, a lot okay. of them. A lot of them were training. It looks like. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, it says like I'm looking. It comes up with a bunch of resumes, basically, of like uh, people who do uh, film crew work, and um, and yeah, it's all it's all like uh, member of IATSE four seven seven training department, member that's, of IATSE four seven seven training. Yeah, that that's that's so funny that uh, Ke- Kevin Kevin's at the level of success where he can continue to work by making his movies like the training program 
for for future I, movie crew people <laughs> <laughs> like doing a movie making a movie it's with like training wheels on hazing on a kevin smith production yeah it's, it's like okay if you can deal a, with this it's, it's a rite of passage yeah you have to wrangle this asshole for a movie and if you make it and don't want to quit then maybe you'll get real work yeah, good for you. Like I'm looking at Ryan M. Grosjean's uh, resume right now, and good for you. You were B camera on Kilroy was here. All right, not bad. Uh, yeah, keep, keep I hope you got it. paid, Ryan. Could be the yeah. next. You could be the next Dave Klein. That's so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, yeah, I, Kevin Smith sucks. I think that's a great <laughs> note to to end it on. What do you think, Ted? Yeah, fuck Kevin. Uh, do you want to throw any throw any more plugs or shout outs out before before we wrap up? You can follow me on Twitter at Socialist Raptor. Uh, and you can follow my new podcast at Off Court Pod uh, on Twitter. It's called the Off Court Podcast. Um, it's a podcast about the intersection of sports, politics and political economy. If you don't like sports, it's a particularly good listen because it's for it's not about games or scores. It's about the way like sports have impacted our lives. Uh, and yeah, it's been it's been a nice thing going back on uh, podcasting after leaving the podcast Kino Lefter. So everybody go and check those out. Of course, subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear both parts of our Valentine's Day uh, special event and uh, and also buy a t-shirt at a Teespring and the link is all over the place. I'm always posting it. Just click on that link and buy a t-shirt. Uh, do you do you do long sleeves? I saw the uh, I saw the Ben Affleck shirt, but I haven't checked out the Teespring link yet. I I we could I don't remember if we I have a long sleeve up for the Ben Affleck one but I definitely could have one in in 10 minutes if you want one <laughs> uh yeah if you throw one up let me know and I'll pick one up on payday because yeah like awesome. the Ben Affleck the Ben Affleck t-shirt the t-shirt so fucking funny <laughs> uh but the uh and I can never wear it but the uh long serve Ben Affleck t-shirt uh is something I would probably like to wear in a 2xl all right found a, a business opportunity this has been a great app for me <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is the new uh, deal right, trevor's deals corner of yeah, the podcast yeah. make it make a deal trevor's deal corner uh <laughs> thanks for coming back on the pod abdul it's great to talk yes, to you of course thank you so much uh bye and, everybody uh, bye everybody Ah!